Welcome to TSF Life, a podcast ministry of the Shepherd's Fellowship Church in Marion, Ohio. TSF Life is designed to bring you biblical teaching in a relational way that's easy to apply to your life. Let's join Pastor Tom Hypes as we dive into today's teaching. Good morning again, guys. Well, uh, today's going to be a little different. Uh, I'm going to preach for six hours, so that's why we had everybody bring food. Are you upset that you have to sit, like, in the middle somewhat? Who was clapping that long? Was that you, Lisa? I love you, Lisa. You're so nice. No, I think we had Monica just to balance. Like, even Tom is now sitting on the sides. Tom, you're usually, where you, where you at, baby? I needed the wall. You needed the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as most of you guys know, again, we've been in an uh, extended period of time talking on discipleship, uh, on Christ, uh, how to grow to be more like Christ. Uh, and the particular segment that we're in now as we're getting ready to, to, to move into another season is on uh, spiritual growth in different areas that we really just kind of want to bring to the forefront, fine-tune uh, before we move into this next season. So we've talked about quite a few different issues, and today we're going to talk about missions. Uh, the reason why today is going to be a little bit different is uh, I'm going to read a little, talk a little like we usually do, but I'll probably talk less than I usually do. Shut it. And uh, then, but it, I, I've got a list for our note takers uh, about some things and missions I want to bring to the forefront. But it is one of those things that you, um, missions is something that you're more experienced than you do uh, learn about. So uh, I wanted to save time for, we have three different uh, guest speakers are going to be speaking today about the heart of missions from different perspectives as well. So a little bit of a different flavor, but uh, less of me, more of them, so you guys can all be happy. So with that, uh, I wanted to share a quote with you that if you notice the invite that's on Facebook, uh, you would already uh, have seen, but I wanted to start out with it. Uh, I think it was, yeah, there it is. Uh, Dr. David Slamp, who's uh, one of the, the programs I'm going through right now, one of the things I'm studying through right now that I said that is part of the influence within some of the studies we're doing, uh, this is the only contribution really this week, but he, he said in the, the studies, most of my adult life missions has been important, but somewhat on, of a sidebar work. God called me to pastoral ministry, and I saw world evangelism only as an extension of that work, not a primary obligation. And the reason I share that with you is I think most of us fall under that category in some way that I think that uh, when I grew up in missions uh, in the churches I grew up in, that meant that there was like a couple people, we had their pictures on some back uh, bulletin board. Uh, they would talk about them every once in a while, they'd send them a, a small percentage of this or that. Uh, maybe once every five years they would come in and talk and we'd have potluck and talk and that kind of stuff. But uh, even here with a much more um, focus on missions than what I grew up with, I still think it's something that's somewhat of a sidebar. We check in, and we talk about our compassionate international child, or we send a, a, you know, some, some finances that way, or we have a different speaker come in at, at different times, like when Morgan's been here, or when different one, ones of us have been at mission trips and come back and talk about it. Um, but I want to redefine it and we look at it in a way that we are all on mission. We are all called to the Great Commission, as we know, to lead people to Jesus baptize them and to disciple one another. And uh, how does that play out in our world? Not just overseas, but here in Marion and around the country as well. So that's the focus today. So if you would, we're going to go look at a testimony in the scripture. So we're going to go to Acts uh, chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. It's going to be too hard to find. If you need it, use your concordance. Again, we're going to have uh, Bibles in the baskets underneath the chairs around the room. If you need a Bible or want to keep a Bible, take one of those. Uh, if you want a nicer Bible, let me know. We've got some other ones that you can have. And then also YouVersion, which is a national app. Uh, if you have that downloaded, you can do a search for local live events and find us there. And then they would have all the scripture and everything that you need there. Sound good? Yes. Okay, everybody in? I already lost you, didn't I? <laughs> already smelling the food. And Jenny prayed about that during Circle Up. Is, let's not be distracted by the food. <laughs> Bring me up a bucket of chicken and let's go. Okay, so here's where we're at with Acts uh, 13. We just talked a little bit last week about Saul, uh, who became Paul. Saul was a, uh, a very religious, devoted man to God, but hated Christianity. 
uh, to the point that he was going and arresting Christians. He was uh, putting them in prison. He was uh, putting his authority over their deaths and different ones were being killed. He put authority over the death of Stephen, the first martyr for the Christian faith. Uh, so pretty much a horrible person. Uh, if you're a Christian, you don't necessarily want to hang out with him. You hide from him. And then, as uh, most of us know, we talked about he came to know Jesus when he had a big experience on the road to Damascus. And Jesus showed up and laid him out and made him look up. And he accepted Jesus as leader forgive his life in that moment. Uh, again, which is the, the open door to any of us, for anyone who takes and acknowledges Jesus as the Son of God and believes in how he died and rose again, that they are saved and start a relationship with him. And it was awesome and it was great. And he's immediately given testimonies, but nobody wanted to work with him. Nobody wanted, wanted him because they just didn't trust it. They didn't know if it was a ploy. Um, he had done horrible things. He was the type of person that you, uh, some people might be tempted to say, oh, he, he could never be forgiven of things he's done. But he, well, all of us are. All of us can be. And um, so he is now kind of out on the sidelines trying to figure out where he's at. Even the apostles won't meet with him. If you ever see that in the scripture, he goes to Jerusalem to meet with him, and they won't because they're scared of him. Um, so the only job that he finds is with Barnabas. Barnabas goes to a church uh, called Antioch. He's a Jewish believer, a very uh, well-known Jewish believer, to check out this Gentile church because they can't believe that God's moving amongst the Gentiles because they're still dealing with that prejudice. And he loves it there, and he wants to work there, but nobody will work with him because nobody wants to work at the Gentile church of Antioch. So who do you get? They get the guy that nobody wants to work with. He gets Saul, and Saul comes in, and they do powerful, powerful work in Antioch for some time. We're at 13 is a, basically a family meeting that they're ha having at the Church of Antioch. So I'm going to, like I said, I'll read it, and then we'll talk about it, see what we find here when it comes to missions. It says, uh, verse 1, now there were in the, the Church of Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, uh, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Serene, Manon, I'm making these up, a lifelong friend of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. Okay. While they were worshiping the, the Lord and fasting, the Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had John to assist them. When they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they came upon a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was with the proconsul Sergius Paulius, a man of intelligence, who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elymas, we'll just call him Eli, the magician, for that's what the meaning of his name, uh, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was called by Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, You son of the devil, you, Eve, you enemy of the righteous, full of all deceit and villainy, you will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord. And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. Immediately mist and darkness fell upon him, and he went out seeking people to lead him by the hand, then the proconsul believed when he saw what had occurred, for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. So this is the first step of what many of us would call missions. Uh, they are the first missionaries as far as traveling out and about beyond what disciples did. Um, and so I just kind of went through this part somewhat quickly, but with a list of things that we see here that I think are important when it comes to missions as well. So at least let's help the first thing, if you're one of our note takers, is simply this. It started in the church. The one thing that is unescapable in this, this scripture is it started in the church. We are talking about them gathering together as local believers, Christian community. Again, church is not about the Sunday morning gig. It's about being Christian community, about being brothers and sisters. It's about them being together in corporate worship together. It's about them being together in corporate prayer together. It's about them in corporate fasting together. And they were seeking the Holy Spirit together. The prophets are there. Teachers are there. None of this stuff happens at home by yourself. None of this happens. Now, I'm not saying God can't speak to you when you're home by yourself. Matter of fact, if you come to our 20th anniversary next month, this all started with the Word of God they put on me while I was sitting in my living room seeking it out by myself. Uh, so I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying, though, Christian community makes a huge, huge difference. So the, the mentality of, I can be a Christian but not go to church, you don't get adopted into God's family then ignore the family. The, the, this is where we are lifting each other up, and this is where bigger things happen 
than just me sitting at home watching Netflix and throwing in a five-minute devotional. Does that make sense? So here we do see that it started within the church. They laid hands on. doesn't happen at home. They prayed over it. doesn't happen at home. There's something about Christian community where we're seeking together, worshiping together, and then God does things, not just for us as a whole, but us as individuals as well. Second one I'll put on there, like I said, I'm going to go a little faster than normal, is this. We are uh, sent by the Spirit. We are sent by the Spirit. The, um, and here we see them seeking, we see them hearing, we see them agreeing and finding confirmation in this calling, and we see them supporting this calling and sending them out with their support as well. Um, anything that you do for the Spirit, make sure the Spirit led it, or else you're kind of wasting your time. And you're probably going to put yourself in a place that, that doesn't really really um, benefit real super well. Now, I do believe the Scripture says anything done in the Lord's name is not done in vain. So you might do something stupid and he does something good out of it. That's awesome. He's like that. That's cool. But it's much, much better when he starts the wave and then you ride it. Um, I'll, I'll give you a, a couple of negative sides on it. Um, like I remember I had one buddy who was working part-time at a church and then full-time at a construction company. <clears throat> and he read a, a book. It's a great book, Crazy Love by Francis Chan. Anybody? I, I, I love uh, Francis Chan's teaching. I think some people take it in places he never intended, uh, which this young man did, and he read it and said, oh, I need to do crazy things for the Lord. I'm going to quit my full-time job, and I'm going to become a full-time missionary. I'm going to send out letters to everybody, and they're going to financially support me. But to him, full-time ministry was still being a part-time worship pastor and sitting around watching Netflix. Like there was nothing really to about that. And it failed. And he was mad at God. Well, that's because you just got an emotional response to a book. That wasn't a spirit put on your heart, and you confirmed it, and then you followed the spirit into something new that he's guiding you to. So there's times that we're motivated by things that are not the spirit. We have to make sure it's the spirit. Um, I'm at a stage. I, I, I think I realized yesterday that I'm getting old. Um, the, I had a pastor buddy of mine who's older than me ask me, no, how many years do you think you got left in you? I'm like, when did they start asking me that question? <laughs> no. Yeah, so I told him a month. I told him a month. Katie's always afraid I'm going to quit. She can't stand me, but she's afraid I'm going to quit. And um, so it, I just thought that was odd. But, but I'm also at the stage where there's, I get a lot of, for about the last decade, um, I'm not sure, like, you guys don't study, like, average church and church and how things are going in the church like I do. Um, but we're considered a successful church plant. We, we've probably were since we were about 10 years old. We've lasted a while. Uh, we've, we've been today about 100, 120 people uh, in the church world. That's a big church. 92% uh, I think is the latest number I saw of churches in the United States are less than 100 people. So we're, we're a mega church, y'all. We're a mega church. Um, but uh, so church planters, that people wanting to plant churches, take and seek me out like, hey, how, how'd you do it? What programs did you use? How did you get, you know, this and that? And also, so, so first off, if uh, you and I probably are on the same page just from the questions you're asking. But the question that I always, no, the statement I always say to them, I guess it's a question, is, is God really calling you to start this church? Because I have tons of people that come to me that's going to be the next Rick Warren, whoever, big Billy Graham, whatever. They, it's kind of a, an ego thing type thing, and we're going to be a church of 500. And, and really, 500 million is a big church. Uh, you know, and oh, they, they'll come, and uh, I'll find out that they uh, used to be associate pastor or uh, under other pastors, and they're, they're angry about the way it went, and I can do it better than them is a motivation. Uh, or, and honestly, this happens a lot, I put out my resume everywhere, no one will hire me at other churches to be the pastor, so obviously God wants me to start another church. Um, if that's your motivation, you're not being sent by the Spirit, and please don't do it. Because the, the, the statement I share with them, if God is not calling you to do this, don't do it. I mean, you have to be sure, because it would destroy your family, it would destroy you. It's hard. It's really, really hard to plan a church. And to go through all the uh, go through the seasons, to go through the, 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 the growing pains. So if you're not convinced it's God, you're not going to sustain this. And not only will it hurt people that aren't you, like in your family, 
it's going to hurt the people that jumped in and then a few years later it fell apart and they were left trying to figure out what happened. You've got to make sure you're sent by the Spirit. Because when you're sent by the Spirit, it will get you through the tough days as well as seeing really, really good, glorious ones. Whatever he's calling you to do. Anyways, I told you I wasn't going to talk as much. Number three. When the Spirit says, then we go. Just that simple. It's probably one of the most important parts of, of the entire process of what we're talking about. When he calls, go. Do it. Stop hiding behind all the excuses and the fears and the insecurities and do what he's calling you to do. You might not be perfect at it. You might grow within it, but stop playing the game. A little bit of the world, a little bit of God just doesn't work. It will tangle up their straight paths. I love that phrase, by the way, that we just read in that. Stop tangling up the straight paths of God. How many times have we done that? Um, you don't have to go there. I'll read it to you. But write it down so you can make sure I didn't lie to you later. Matthew, uh, we have Matthew 21. It feels like that should be right. But I thought I put some notes in here. Oh, let's see. oh there it is. Parable two sons. Uh, Jesus is telling a parable, and he says, what do you think? A man has two sons. He goes to the first one and says, son, go and work in my vineyard today. And he said, I will not. But afterward, he changed his mind, and he went and did some work. He went to the other son and said to him um, to go out and work his vineyard. And the other son says, I will go, sir. But he did not. And Jesus asked, which of the two did the will of the father? And they said, the first. Um, when we are in chair two of discipleship, okay, when we're new Christians and we're, we're still growing uh, and we're, we're heading towards chair three of evangelism, chance for, for, of discipling others, and again, we've talked about the challenges. So many people come to chair two and they stay there forever. They don't mature uh, past just the, the baby stuff. Uh, that's where we usually take and say, I acknowledge you as God and I'm not. I accept your forgiveness. I'm following you. And then we don't do hardly anything. And we don't really change anything. We're just trying to be a little bit nicer. And like I said, trying to get a little pixie dust of Tinkerbell over us of blessing in our lives. Um, that's the second son. When we say, you are my savior, you're my leader, I'm following you, you are God and I am not. And then he says, okay, here's something I want to put on your heart. And you're like, well, I really don't like doing that. I kind of like being behind the scenes. Then we'll fall into the boat of the second son. If you say, ooh, I'd rather not. No, wait, that's the first one. So I'd rather not, but then you do it, and you try it, and you go into it, then you're the second son. That's the one who's doing the will, the one that's taking and following him. So we have to go. We have to go. Now, before we we'll keep going on, we will meet opposition. Just know that up front. And that's not necessarily the fun one after I say how important it is to go, because you're like, okay, God, you call me to do it. You're going to do it. I'm going to give it a shot. Oh, by the way, when you give a shot, you're going to have tr troubles and struggles with it. Just let you know. Go have fun. But Satan's going to come against it. It just happens. It just happens. In this case, we have uh, the, the, this magician, Eli the magician, who opposed him. Um, he is trying to keep Christianity out of this particular realm. But the difference is we are Holy Spirit-filled. If the Holy Spirit called me to do this, and I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit's got the opposition, and I don't need to stress out about it. Paul, the same one who last week took and sent a prayer request saying, pray that I'm bold as I ought to be because he was nervous, is the one in verse 9 who, take, who again, but Saul, who's called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, that's the important part, it's not just our self-will, looked intently at him, no, it stared him down, no problem going face to face, you son of a devil, you enemy of all righteousness, you're full of deceit and villainy, you were... Not stop, uh, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? These are fighting words. This is someone who's not cocky in themselves, but they're confident in the Lord. And so when we come up against the opposition, we go up against the opposition, but we don't do it alone. It will come. It will happen. I thought, like I said, starting church, when I talk to church planners, it will eat you alive. If we don't have the Holy Spirit, it will eat you alive. The conflicts you come into, the things that people want, everybody wants you to make them happy, and there's no such thing as making everybody happy. All of these things come from the Spirit being filled and leading you, but then your defense becomes righteousness, or else you're doing it for your own sake, and then you become a goofball, and then everybody just walks away. So the opposition, we meet with the Holy Spirit. And then five, I'll do, tell you this part, and this is the awesome part, this is the last point I'll put up there. God will make his way. 
I put a way up there, but I changed it later as I was going, thinking through more. God will make his way. When Paul took and stepped up, and he's filled with the Holy Spirit, he said what? You're going to be blind. Because you're unrighteous, you're going to be blind. Did he say that because he just thought he had that power and control? Absolutely not. It's because the Spirit whispered his ear and said, watch this. I want you to be a little bit apart. Just let him know so people know what testimony is going on here. Watch what I'm about to do. Paul would have no idea of knowing that outside of the Holy Spirit. He is the one that will take and make the difference. He is the one that will go through. The difference he made is when we're talking about pro-council, what a pro-council is, is he's a deputy or he's a leader within a Roman province. So, not Christian, not Jewish, Roman, who had, was oppressing the people. He is in charge of that territory, that area. He represents the council that's over it. And so from this battle, when God stepped in and said, okay, that's enough, and Pope Council took and said, ooh, he's the real thing. It's not just the Pope Council who got saved. Oh, so good that that's one man can. He is now, imagine, think about everything you've ever seen in this Hallmark movies about Jesus and the Romans. That guy is now over the entire area saying, God's the real thing, man. He's the real God. Christians will think Jesus did come back to life. I saw it with my own eyes. When Paul spoke these words, he went blind, and that guy used to stand beside me, my best friend that he stood up against. He's a goof. We need to bring Jesus into the forefront in this province. That's what happened in this moment. That's how God made his way, and we have no idea what he's going to do with us this afternoon. We have no idea what he's going to do with us this week if we say yes and let the Spirit lead. That's missions. That's mission. It could be local. It could be overseas. It can be in your mission fields because each one of us who have accepted Jesus as leader and forgiven our lives and said, yes, I will go out and work the field, have mission fields around us that we're supposed to be working as the Spirit leads. Here's the, the, the challenge I think that we run into sometimes is that stupid quote at the beginning of the, of the study. We consider it a sideline. It's something that's out of sight, it's out of mind. It's not something that a lot of us are actually personally invested into all that much. What is my part? What am I being called to? And if you look at, like, again, we've been talking about these, uh, these, these different events coming up, and it wasn't planned this way, um, but we just talked about church community. Just a few weeks ago, we've talked about um, evangelism and how to share our faith with people that we know, people we don't know, and talking to the masses. <laughs> We talked about uh, our personal shape, that we're all different and special and unique when we put the combination of your spiritual gifts, your heart or your passion or your abilities or your personality and your experiences together. That makes you unique for something. God's using you for something. So the question we end up coming back to is, what are we being called to mission-wise? And, and Jenny and I were talking about this earlier, and she, she mentioned her and Katie were talking about it uh, from a different perspective on, on missions. Um, like, it's, it's hard to almost talk about missions if you're talking to people who haven't been there before. When you experience a missional lifestyle, you become passionate about a missional lifestyle. If you haven't experienced it, then it's just me up here talking. That's why I'm going to have different people talking from some different perspectives. Um, for instance, like, um, again, that particular doctor continued to talk on, was talking about that didn't come alive to him until he went on a mission trip. Uh, to, to Africa someplace. Uh, for me, it was 10 years ago when I went to Thailand for two weeks is when missions really started becoming passionate because you're experiencing the people, you're experiencing a different culture, you're in a place where most people have never even heard the word Jesus Christ in their life. I've shared this story before, but I, I had a buddy I met over there that the first time he heard Jesus' name, do you remember the story? He was working in an office and someone came in and said, do you know Jesus? And he says, no, but I've only been working here a couple of weeks. He might be in the office down the hallway. I mean, that, that's very commonplace in that, that area and stuff. And when you go into the jungle regions and all that kind of fun stuff, it becomes alive. You start experiencing it. And it's the same even with our day-to-day. -day. Um, last week when we did the, um, you know, with, with the Marion County Board of, uh, of DD, oh, De Developmental Disabilities, is that how it is? Thank you. Uh, I love working with Nikki. Nikki's a buddy of mine over there, one of the higher ups, and we, we, we get together and we plan and we talk and we share and all kinds of stuff. But um, last week when we had our uh, contest that our church uh, sponsored to give 10 of their folks um, one a free dinner at Mihalapino with us, we all got together, this, together. and then also uh, free facials from Emily and um, at her aesthetic business. 
And it's one thing planning that event. It's another when you're there with those 10 folks, plus the parent, spouse, guardian, whoever the case may be. And there's about 25 of us there having a blast, laughing and joking, and sitting there with folks who don't get that kind of experience every week like most of us do, or a lot of us do. Um, it just comes alive, and you're like beaming about it for a couple of days. Like you just can't stop thinking about it and talking about it. And the ripple effects of it, when I find, get to heaven and find out about it, just makes me wonder. Someday we'll see what, what God was doing with all of it. That's the life we're supposed to be living, just living. Not an experience once a year or something that we just send a check off to. But it's more than that. It's more than that. So with that, I'm going to shut up for a little while. Shut it. And uh, I'm going to have to bring up some different people to talk about things. Uh, the first one is an incredibly intelligent, wonderful, sweet, beautiful. Is there anything else you want me to say, honey? <laughs> Woman of God, my wife, is going to talk about local ministry. So, yes, please, please, please. Okay, and now for Jenny. Go ahead. Do you want a table? Use the, remember to use the microphone because I know everybody can hear you, but they can't hear you online. That's right. That's you and our daughter. Yeah, it is. It is. Just smushing me. All right. Um, so while I was sitting here this morning, um, I just want to reiterate, like, for us, we just finished worship. And worship is so much more than sing-song time. So when we come into worship for church or home or in our cars or whatever, we're plugging back into God. And, you know, our cell phones have rechargers and, you know, all the stuff. And so that's our connection back to God and, and to make sure that that's intentional. Uh, it's been kind of a theme for us at my office recently is to be very strategic and very intentional about doing ministry. Don't become complacent. Don't just sit and hope something falls in your lap that we're called to be intentional about what we do. So worship is that way, but also missions, whether you feel like you're called to be a missionary or not, you are called to help spread the word. And you are called, you have a, you have a charge from God to help spread the word to our community, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, to the whole shebang. So to me, that's what missions is, is missions is my way that I worship and I plug in this way. Missions is now going this way. And so I'm reaching out, and I'm growing, and I'm spreading. I'm not a big extrovert. I don't love to go out and be in your face and do all of that stuff. But there are so many different ways that you can do missions and not have to be right in people's faces. So um, one of the ways that uh, was hitting me this morning was um, he was talking about mission fields. He was, you know, we were talking about um, different things. And um, there's a scripture way back in Leviticus um, that talks about your field, and if my Bible app will open up here, which it's not, um, but Leviticus, skip over that part, but I, the scripture is Leviticus 23, verse 22, and it talks about when you reap your, your harvest from your fields, don't take absolutely everything out of that field. The context of that scripture was they're preparing for feast and all different kinds of things, but uh, what to do with that. And it was saying to leave the edges of your field, leave the stock still standing. If, if some of the, the wheat falls on the ground, leave it there, don't pick it up. And you're to leave that for the poor, for the hungry, for the foreigners, for the people coming into your land. If you think about that with missions and think about that for us today, don't pack your schedule so full that you have no time to do anything for the Lord. And so with that, make sure you have margin in your life or look for those opportunities that you can do something. If it's a peanut butter and jelly night here at church, have some time. I think it took us 20 minutes to make hundreds of peanut butter jelly sandwiches. <laughs> so just try to be mindful. Try to be intentional about that. Um, so we have a couple of ministries that we support here with the church. Um, the obvious one is Aspire Ministries. I'm the director over there. Um, I've been there for eight years, um, was Love, Inc., so with Aspire Ministries, but just kind of the heart behind that with our church, um, we sponsor Aspire Ministries for $100 a month, and that goes to helping churches connect people in need 
with resources in the community and also to provide a call center so that people are loved on, cared for when they call in for help. Um, we provide resources, but connections to resources, not just in churches, but also to um, places like the homeless shelter, places to get information on rent and utility bills and just all sorts of stuff. Um, but that's what we do. I've talked about Aspire Ministries a ton of times. Um, but some other ones that we support through the church, we do support a prison ministry. Uh, there's $50 a month that goes from our church to buy Bibles for folks in prison. Um, we support that ministry. And then we also support um, the Voice of Hope uh, Family and Pregnancy Center that's in Marion. It's actually just down the block from my new office. Um, but they have been for a long time supporting women that are pregnant. Um, trying to avoid abortions, and they do free sonograms there. Uh, they support the moms. You can go in and have parenting classes and all sorts of like baby child care classes. You can earn what they call baby bucks, and um, they can buy equipment, toys, supplies, like all sorts of stuff for their families. So that's another ministry. Uh, usually, do we send financial support there as well, or is it through our bottles and drives and things? Okay, so sponsoring different events. Um, you will, usually about once a year, we'll have where they bring in bottles for us and we'll hear from Barbara Mills, their director. Um, then we take the bottles out and we collect pocket change or whatever we wanna put in those and then we return those and that funding goes back to Voice of Hope as well. So those are really, really simple ways to do local missions. Again, save that margin in your life and that time, time span. Um, it's really not difficult. It's not, if you're able to share the gospel, we are called to share the gospel with folks. We're called to ask about, you know, do you love Jesus? Do you know who Jesus is? The conversation that Tom went through last Sunday at church about, it's not that hard, um, but that's what we're called to do. But we're also called to love our neighbors, called to love widows and orphans, um, the whole list there. So the ways that we can do that, that's missions. Don't make it more complicated than it is. So that's all I have on local missions, I think. Okay. She pretty. So, uh, and again, there's multiple different ways, but I just kind of want to kind of get things to continue to be moved up uh, a little bit into your mindset. Um, so, again, Jenny's in-house. We all know Jenny. Special speaker time, Katie Williams. Oh, you were nervous about what picture I would use. Isn't that pretty? That doesn't happen too often. No. Normally, he gives a piece of poo Absolutely. picture up Absolutely. there, and then I'm like, oh, man, i got to put up with that. Um, <clears throat> So a lot of you know, so I'm going to be speaking about like overseas missions and such, but a lot of you I think already know that at one point in my life um, felt the call to be in overseas missions and sold everything I owned and uh, realized that for me the first step was uh, going to Bible schooling to be able to get more education because I didn't feel adequate or ready for that. And so um, you kind of just have to humble yourself a bit and like, I need to have somebody teach me more if I'm going to do this well. Um, <clears throat> and for me, got an associate's degree in biblical studies and went overseas and was in Thailand for um, just under two years and worked with um, local schools and universities and learned the language and worked with a local church of first generation Christians. Um, and um, and that, that's part of my story, part of saying yes to going. But um, there's a lot of different avenues that that can look like. So that's just, that's just something that's been in my life. Um, a few of the areas as a church that we're currently um, giving our resources to or just our attention to, Causely is the one thing. And how, who checked in today for church? Bigger hands, I can't see you. Okay, so everybody that raised their hands today contributed to overseas ministry. Very super, super easy way to do that. It doesn't always have to be difficult or uncomfortable, but it absolutely a lot of times will be. <laughs> 
Um, but that is a great way where you guys today were a part of overseas missions work. Now, obviously, we were the part where, um, you know, you just check in on Facebook. You say that you were at your church, and then you go on with your day. But it's a beautiful example of um, things that they're able to use that for. And it's kind of crazy how they use that system to be able to, like, check in somewhere and how that can turn into resources. But um, so that's one way that we are currently involved in overseas missions. We also have a child that we sponsor through um, Compassion International. And so I really quickly, we have a brand new letter from, well, actually, is it the first letter? Oh, no, brand new letter, though. And it has not been opened yet. So it's like brand new. So Jessica's gonna come up, and our child that we sponsor is Dylan, and that's kind of new, I think, within the last six months or so, but I don't think we've necessarily shared it as a whole to the congregation, so I'm gonna have Jessica read that letter for us really quickly. He's our third child, because we, we just switched to He's a, yeah, he, yes, yes. Okay, so Dylan, he is a five-year-old little boy, um, he is in Honduras, and then they, like, every so often they just, a parent or so helps them write a letter, and then they translate it for us. So it just says, picture is outside. Yeah. when you guys get food, um, it says, Dear Pastor Tom, this is the mother of Dylan, since he cannot write yet, but it is a pleasure for him to greet you, hoping that God blesses you and that you are all in good health. Dylan wants to tell you that he has already finished the school year in kindergarten, is currently on vacation, and is a very smart child, attends classes every day, and is, a, is very affectionate and well-behaved. The boy hopes to hear from you soon and wants the, Lord, wants the Lord blesses you. Dylan asks you to please pray, for, pray that he and his family enjoy good health. That's cool. Okay, so that'll be up there. And you can see at the top in handwriting, the top of it, and then the translated is typed out, which is, which is cool, so you can see both. But um, so that's another area that we're currently um, serving in when it comes to overseas ministry or, um, I guess, here, there, and everywhere. It's the here, there, and everywhere. So, um, and then the third area, Hope Coffee Company, is where we have our, our coffee supplied for the um, cafe. And I do have a really quick video, if I can, that is going to be a wrap-up from what was done over this past year and going into 2024. So I'm going to share that really quick, if I can. I think the storm's getting ready to roll. Feel the faith that is starting to rise, and I see the world the edge of revival. I think it's only a matter of time. So do what only you can do. Move what only you can move. Even the impossible is possible for you. Very cool. Yeah, isn't that encouraging just to see, like, this many people decided to follow Jesus? And, like, I love that it's, like, three people. It's not like they're, like, 4,672 people said yes. It's, like, we're celebrating. Three people said yes, and, like, that was, that was real, and that was intentional, and that was ministry. It just, it's really cool. Um, <clears throat> so when you get coffee and, um, and even if you decide to put in like a donation into the little jar, like those help to go towards the cost of that and towards the like subscription that we have with them. But, um, there are people on the front lines of Hope Coffee that are there with these people that are, um, providing education, that are providing housing. So we are the extension 
them, and then there are the people that are the feet and that are right on the grounds there in those countries. And so we are a team. We are the church together. Um, one thing that I think is very, very important to say is that I don't think everybody is made to go overseas, and that's okay. That's all right. There's nothing wrong with it. But do I think that because you are not built to be the feet and go overseas is a reason why we should not be aware of the need? No. And so I think it's finding a way to understand what the need is and what is our part. And, of course, what is the Lord calling us to? And that can look very different. It can change directions. And so I would encourage you, if anything, um, we did spiritual gift assessments a while back. I would really encourage you to dig into those assessments. And if it even just starts with, Lord, I need to dig into this. I need to see examples of this. Where am I gifted? How does that function within the body of Christ? And how do I adequately incorporate that into intentional ministry, as Jenny had said, intentionally being a part of the mission. And so, I don't know. Oh, there's one other thing. I'm so sorry. Am I taking up too much time? I literally have, I black out when I come up here, and then I don't think about anything except for telling you guys more. I'm good. Okay, I'm good. Yes. Um, so, the, the fun part is, is that when you go to Bible school, you're in all of a sudden in a new city and in a bubble that where Bible and missions is one is the Bible school that I went to. It was Ethnos 360. It was New Tribes Bible Institute. They did rename to Ethnos 360. Um, and it was an amazing uh, foundation of biblical truth. And I was really super thankful for that time. But during that time, we got to meet a ton of people from all over the world that whether their parents were missionaries in Papua New Guinea and their, their child graduated, and they said, you're off to Bible school. At least get a two-year degree in biblical studies as a foundation. And then if you want to, like, be a contractor, be a contractor. If you want to be a missionary, then, <laughs> you know, that comes. So anyway, part of that was we met a ton of people from different areas. And um, so there's a fam the Liam family is... Uh, one of the families that I still get their emails and such, but they're in Indonesia, and they are a family of five, and so they went to Bible school as a family of two, no, one, and then she had the baby at Bible school the second, and then now they've had a third. Okay, and so they're a family of five in Indonesia, and they just went to their new town, which is going to be more of their, um, now they finished language study. Um, they've like kind of gone through all those avenues to be able to, the hurdles that happen to get them now to the city where they're really going to start digging in and being able to um, teach people and build relationships and it's a long lifetime process. But if you could be praying for that family, I might even share something out on Facebook later just with a picture of them and stuff like that. But they um, have just moved to their new city and are transitioning, which also means their three girls are moving again and building new connections. But um, here, there, and everywhere. So that is the everywhere. Yeah. Unless you have, unless you have more for me, I could talk forever. You're welcome. Well, we don't have time for the speaker anymore. But the, uh, I'm kidding. We don't care about time, Katie. You know we don't care about time. Oh, uh, just a couple things, and we'll talk a, bit, a little bit more about hope and uh, reach in a little bit. But if you ever do want to go crazy in those same areas, both with reach, like right now, the uh, check-ins are going to. It's helping. Uh, get shoes through Souls for Souls out of Nashville that we've worked with before to people in need. Uh, and they host mission trips that you can go from checking in to going and delivering shoes with them. Uh, Hope Coffee has mission trips that you can go on as well. There's a lot of different opportunities just depending on what God's calling you to. Uh, and with that, I also, uh, now I know everybody knows her and she's here all the time. <laughs> Changing things up. Um, I shouldn't do that. You might need a table. I do want to introduce to you Nicole. Nicole is going to come up and talk to us about a service opportunity and something that we want to do a special offering for here in just a little bit. Uh, but she is with Life Care Alliance. See? 
Got the name and everything. Look at you. Yeah, I, I ripped you off. Okay. I, I'm assuming, I hope that's your husband. It is my husband. Okay, good. He was going to tell about you. Then yeah. it's, a, it's a good end to that story. Good. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Thanks so much for letting me be here this morning. You didn't really have a choice, but uh, I'm glad to be here. And um, it's kind of fitting. I, I loved hearing Jenny share and Katie share because my story has a lot of that, too. Um, I did do overseas missions for two and a half years in Trinidad, in the Caribbean. Yes, there's still missions there. It was hard. So <laughs> I can talk about that. Um, I've done local things, um, and uh, I'm still connected with some... Uh, opportunities to um, seek justice for women around the world through dignified jobs in my other hat I wear with fair trade jobs. So uh, if you have any questions, I, I just kind of feel like I fit into a lot of that. So I, I kind of am, it's nice that I'm kind of last, I guess, because I'm here to speak about something else. Um, and I'm going to make sure I use some notes here so I stay on time, Katie. Um, but, you know, I think really there, there is joy in giving back. Right? Um, there's a verse, and I knew it was a verse, but I had to look it up. Luke 6:38 says, um, you know, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Um, you know, when you give, it will come back to you when you give to the Lord. So whatever that looks like, whether it is actually being the feet and going, um, people need sending power, right? You, if you have the ability to give financially, that's important. If you have the ability to pray, that's important. Like, you can still be part of missions, in many ways. Um, and so um, I work with Life Care Alliance, and um, the biggest thing we do that you might know of here in Marion is Meals on Wheels. So I am the community engagement manager, which means I have the wonderful privilege of working with our amazing volunteers. And um, really, this is a way that you can be the hands and feet right here in your backyard to your neighbors, um, to those in probably. 20 mile radius from where we are. Um, just to give you a few stats about the impact that um, this opportunity has, in 2023, in Marion County Life Care Alliance volunteers delivered to homebound seniors and medically challenged individuals, that's the population we serve, um, they helped deliver delivered seven, seven different routes Monday through Friday, which um, they spent over 1,400 hours delivering meals they drove close to 4,800 miles, and each day they helped deliver on average 332 nutritious meals to 130 clients um, during the week. So throughout the whole year, that was nearly 80,000 meals. Um, and so this opportunity, again, exists right here in your backyard. Um, we are highly seeking volunteers. So um, what that means is if you are retired, if you work from home, if you got some flexibility, some companies give, you know, like paid volunteer time off hours per year that you can choose to use whenever you want. Um, if you are a student who needs community service hours, if you have a basketball team that wants to do something fun together, I mean, it's all an option, okay? <laughs> um, maybe you only have summer available because that's when you're out of school, it works. Um, they, uh, we have meals that pick up at the Senior Center, so not terribly far from here, um, around 10.15 on Monday through Friday, and you're assigned a route with all the clients' information, and you deliver that. Again, you're being like the hands and feet of Jesus, really. You're delivering a smile, I like to say, and a meal, and then you're really able to connect with people. If you do something regularly, whatever that means, once a week, once a month, fill in now and then, maybe it's just seasonally. We do have snowbirds. You know, we're all jealous of the snowbirds who get to be in Florida this time of the year. But maybe you just want to fill in. When they're away, you'll, you'll cover the days that they used to do. And when they're back in, then you're off until they leave again. Um, it's all an option. We need help. So <laughs> I'm um, happy to work with you on that. But it's about an hour to an hour and a half time commitment. Um, some are a little less. If you have more time, we can find you a little bit longer time. Um, but really, you, as a volunteer to, to the seniors and medically challenged in your community, get to provide that informal wellness check for us at Life Care Alliance. So you're kind of like the mailman in the community. You know, they see everything. They bring the news back of what we need to know. And you help us know if we can serve those folks with other opportunities um, that we provide or even through... Um, like Aspire has connections to things that we can connect people to. Uh, volunteers are often 
in the right place at the right time. We often have stories that come where um, in one of our, we serve five counties with Meals on Wheels um, Monday through Friday. We're in Franklin, Marion, Logan, Champaign, and Madison County. So you can imagine there's a lot of volunteer power. That's a lot of meals. That's a lot of hands and feet and eyes and ears that help us really connect with our clients. Um, and being in the right place at the right time, we had someone um, just this past fall who was a client, the volunteer delivered meals, and she said, I haven't seen my husband in a little while. I'm not sure. He went out to mow the lawn. So the volunteer went and took a check around the yard, and he had had an accident. He was okay, but he was sitting on the ground next to the lawnmower, had a cut on his head, and you know was able to tell that client that he was okay because she couldn't go out in the yard and look um, and called the medic and got attention he needed. So I mean, that's one example. There's many that happen. Um, so again, why, you know, when, when people live alone, when they um, have a medical challenge, when they, um, you know, might be a widow, when they're lonely, that's another way, right? You're, you're being the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, you can be a friend to them too. You get to build relationships if you want. Um, and really connect with people, see them, let them know someone sees them. You might be the only person they talk to that day, and there's value in that too. So um, logistically, if you're interested, um, I have out in the lobby a sign-up sheet. If you want to give me your email address, I can reach out to you. If you're savvy with the QR code, you can scan it and just fill out a volunteer application. Super simple to get started. And uh, we have routes, again, Monday through Friday. Um, so I would love you to consider that. Maybe you bring a buddy with you. I like to deliver meals with someone, but certainly you can do it on your own. Um, if that's something you're wondering about. But I'm here to answer any questions. And um, I don't know, Pastor Tom, is there anything else you want me to share about that? Time? Wrap it up? I'm going too long? Extend the time. I can talk more. You guys are hungry. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for, um, for, for considering the opportunity, too. And if you know someone else or you've got a social group maybe you're connected to, um, that you think volunteering with Meals on Wheels delivery might be a good fit. Again, I love, I love any connections, um, trying to just share that opportunity. So thanks again. If you were blessed by today's teaching, we hope you return for our next podcast. Or better yet, stop by the Shepherd's Fellowship any Sunday morning to join us live. You can learn more about the church by calling 740 382-3500 or check us out online by going to tsflife.com that's tsflife.com you can also support the ministry of TSF Life by donating at our church website or sending support to the Shepherd's Fellowship 1647 Marion Marysville Road Marion Ohio 43302 thank you for spending your time with us today and we look forward to seeing you soon be blessed